Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Awaken Me podcast. It's been a while since we've done something, and so I just wanted to catch up. A lot has happened in life. A lot is continuing to happen in life. And with everything going on, how are we to respond? What can we do to help make our world a better place from the pandemic, from riots, from how do we how do we wear masks? Do we, do we not? What do we do? How do we navigate the intricacies? And what I see so much happening now is people are wondering how to process through culture, how to process through politics, how to process through a whole lot of different areas of their life. And if there's one area that I think is perhaps the most important area with which we should frame our lives, well, how do we process through this all theologically? Now, I know you might just say, oh, you're a pastor, so of course you would think theologically, but no, I'm serious. If, if indeed the God of the universe is, is real, well, then wouldn't that make sense for us to try to process our lives through that lens as opposed to just processing our faith through Sundays and then letting every other day be defined by culture, politics, or whatever happens to hit our social media feeds? And so with that, I want to invite us to consider what does it look like to process through prayer? Now, you might say, ah, prayer, that's a that's something that you talk about in church a lot. That's something that, that we hear about, we know about, but what is prayer and what are the depths of prayer? And I want to invite you to consider prayer not as a, a spiritual ritual. Rather, I want you to see prayer as, as the starting point of your story. And that's a unique way to phrase it. So let me break it down. When, when I talk about prayer as a starting point to story, um, inherently prayer is you conversing with God. And, and I believe God is, is indeed the master storyteller. You see, in the beginning, God created. And you have this beautiful story, Genesis 1, of God stitching together the earth. And, and through each step that he stitches life together, we see more and more complexity come into play up to the point that he gets to humanity and he breathes life in him. And you see this beautiful story play out. And from there, it wasn't this organized religion that Adam and subsequently Eve were part of. Rather, it was this, this communal dialogue, this daily walking, this, this process of being. That was prayer. It was, it was an acknowledgement that the God of the universe is here with us daily, moment by moment, even in our breath. An old rabbi a tradition was they wouldn't pronounce the name of God because the name of God, the Hebrew letters, they were almost like these guttural breathing sounds. And, and so what they would say and rather suggest is the name of God, the sound of breathing, Yahweh. And so in every breath, if that is the beginning point of our prayer, whether we're conscious or not, then our story and our breath that we breathe ties into this. And I was thinking about it. Uh, we're, we're on the Disney Plus subscription, and, uh, and I watched the movie Up recently, an all-time favorite. In fact, the first time I cried in a movie was with the up scene of this beautiful, he finds the love of his life, and they get married, and they're having financial issues, but it's okay because they're together, and they want to go on a vacation and adventure, and they want to live, and it's just this beautiful, like, five-minute montage sequence, you know what I'm talking about, that ends, like, so tragically, and you're all in tears, and it's like, oh, why am I watching this kid's movie? I'm dying. Okay, so up. An incredibly emotional movie. But as I started to process that a little more, I realized there is some depth in Up 
that is beyond uh, what I could ever possibly have caught as a kid. Let me let me break some characters down for you. Okay, so I'm gonna pull up my notes. So if you look at up, the different characters that come in represent different things. And so you have this guy, Carl, who's this bitter old man. The reason he's bitter and old, and that's part of his story, is, is life's journey has caused him to get a little jaded, specifically with the death of Ellie, his wife. And so with that, he's just turned into this grumpy, bitter man, and they're trying to repossess his house so that they can build some sky rises and typical just man against the universe and he's just staking his claim and I'm doing it. Okay, so here you have Carl and the the idea of the balloons. Imagine with me, the balloons are his escape. The balloons are his hope, this idea that his world could be better. And then you have these characters that are introduced into the narrative. First, you have Russell. Russell's the little boy who's trying to be a boy scout. And yeah, okay, okay. And Russell's narrative is that Russell throughout their story arc, as annoying as he is at first, uh, as as him and Carl interact, Russell helps Carl discover his new identity or rediscover or perhaps discover for the for the second time, because I guess his identity was with Ellie for the first time, but it helps him rediscover his identity. Russell plays this key role in a fundamental need that all of us humans have. And then there's Doug, Doug's little dog, squirrel, right? Okay, so Doug, Doug helps Carl learn about love at a level that reminded him back when he was loved by Ellie, and it reminded him of a truth that he once known, and that is love can be unconditional. And when you have this love that's unconditional, this dog that wants to be with you, he had lost it with Ellie, but he had regained it in Doug. And you see that there's this sense of belonging that Carl learns in this time. He had been isolated for so long, he forgot what it was like to belong. And so while Russell begins to help find his identity, Doug becomes the archetype for belonging. And then you have Kevin. Kevin, the weird little bird, right? Kevin, as they're beginning to move forward and they learn Kevin's story, they realize they have to save Kevin and Kevin gives them a mission, a sense of purpose. And as I look at these three things, I'm reminded of the core needs out of the Fuller Youth Institute that they identify three key needs uh, for every human, uh, specifically as it relates to adolescence. And that is everyone has a desire to belong. Everyone has a desire to have purpose and everyone needs an identity. And when, when we find these things, we're at a state of peace, we're at a state of where we feel like we're thriving as a human. When one of these things is missing, we are deeply offset. We're, we're not quite who we are. And so Carl rediscovers himself, his identity, his belonging, his purpose in light of these characters. And we see his story made new. And where that brings me back to prayer, where that brings you back to prayer is this idea of, of this shared story. When, when we are navigating our life with God, we get glimpses of hope. We have balloons that we'll, that we'll see in our path. And I believe God uses those to help draw us to him. We're so often in life we can get caught up doing our own thing, caught up in our own story. We forget that God is intricately with us in that story. And God would love for us to invite him into that process because when we invite God into that process, the creator of the universe, well, he's able to help navigate, help us process, help us be the best versions of ourself. And so what, what would it look like if we all had, had a prayer where we said, God, help me to be more like you. God, change my heart where it needs to be changed. God, help me 
to live an amazing adventure. You see, like Carl, no one really likes the annoying outsider who comes in and starts to change us. In fact, when, when we start having those Russells come into our life, we resist it. We reject it because it's annoying. It's, it's not what we're used to. It's not our own thing. But what we find is that when we are pursuing life God's way, even though it might be a little annoying at first, the change that happens in us is for the better. And so when I think of prayer, I don't think of it as a blind ritual that we have to partake in as a means to appease God. Rather, prayer is the process by which we invite God into the narrative that he is already writing for us. And here's where it gets hard. Along our journey, we'll certainly encounter pain, just like Carl did. And so what happens there? What do we do in those moments where, where God, the author of our story who's writing things down, writes us into well, pain and suffering. And it is there that I believe that where sin would try to destroy us, would try to get us to reject God and fundamentally throw away that narrative. What God is saying is, despite sin, despite pain, I am here with you. And when we learn to see the pain and the suffering, and when we learn to see beyond those, and see how God is working in us. We see how God can use the very thing the enemy meant to destroy us, sin. And God can use that to help pull us out of our dysfunction. Carl was living a highly dysfunctional life by himself in the middle of this crazy city. He thought his life was okay. It was highly dysfunctional. And God brought people into his life to help pull him out of that into a new reality that was far better than he can imagine. Now, I don't pretend to know why every pain and suffering on this earth happens, but I do know that as we trust God with the good as well as with the bad, when we trust God in the hard moments, we allow God to operate within our heart, helping us to become less like the bitter old Carls and more like the people God had created us to be. And all of that happens in a narrative. All of that happens in prayer. And so I suggest to you to pray more, not in the religious sense, but, but in this sense where Paul says, pray without ceasing. As a kid, I never got that because I was like, what am I supposed to do? Literally do nothing all day and just sit and like, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not the idea. The idea is invite God into your story. Invite him into the good parts. Invite him into the frustrating parts. Invite him into the sad parts. And when we start inviting God into these processes, we will see how God will begin to change us. Now, change at first is nothing that we like because it's uncomfortable. But just like people who work out get stronger and athletes who practice get more proficient, People who read get faster at reading, they get smarter. Just as you practice things, the more you practice bringing God into your narrative, the better you'll get at it. Perhaps it's time to try something new. Perhaps it's time to wake up and say, God, be part of my narrative today. See what happens. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you soon.